Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. This episode of The Honest Pour kicks off a special series. I traveled to Italy to visit Chianti Classico in the heart of Tuscany. Long overlooked for the wines of neighboring Brunello, or further north, Barolo, Chianti Classico was once known for making mediocre, characterless planks sold in fiasco bottles. But that's no longer the case, as the region has staged a comeback and is now producing some outstanding wines that offer amazing value. It's important to note that there's a huge difference between Chianti and Chianti Classico. Each of these two regions are separate appellations that have different rules for grape growing and winemaking. In this first episode, I met with Giovanni Minetti of Fantodi. Located in the heart of the Chianti Classico region, just south of the town of Panzano, Fantodi's vineyards dot a natural amphitheater-shaped valley among the olive groves and pasture land. I spoke with Minetti about the Consorcio Vino Chianti Classico, which he is president of, what makes wines from the Greve subregion different from other subregions of Chianti Classico, and of course to taste some delicious wines. This special episode of The Honest Pour is brought to you in part by the Consorzio Vino Chianti Classico and by Foodator.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Foodator.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Leonard. This is the first episode in a very special series of episodes where I traveled to Chianti Classico to talk about what makes it special? Why it's such a great place? And joining me in this very first episode is the president of the Consorcio of Chianti Classico, Giovanni Minetti. He's also the winemaker and owner of Fantodi in Panzano. Welcome to the show. No, thank you. Thank you for having me and hello to everybody. Let's talk about Chianti Classico, just in, in general. What makes it such a special place for wine? Yeah, it's, uh, I think there is a combination, a mix of uh, great qualities. You know, first of all, the, the, the territory. So the soil, the microclimate and uh, the, the, the hilly place. So different elevations and uh, the south facing, uh, you know, um, hills. And uh, so a mix of uh, beautiful things uh, that, uh, that are you know, making a very high potential for quality and uh, perfect to make uh, a great red wine. Chianti's all, Chianti Classico and Chianti in, in general, Chianti Classico specifically, has always had to fight this notion that it was that cheap red wine with the fiasco bottle that was just sort of nondescript. What's going on today to, to, to dispel that myth? Yeah, first of all, we have to clear the situation between Chianti and Chianti Classico. You know, Chianti Classico, it is uh, the, the appellation uh, that is based on the historical territory. And uh, so the name of uh, the, the territory is, uh, is the same as Chianti Classico and uh, where everything started. And uh, so nothing to share with uh, the, the Chianti, you know, not classical. Right. And uh, so much better territory in terms of uh, potential for quality and uh, much smaller with, uh, you know, a, a deeper tradition and, uh, and also the quality of the wines uh, in, in the market. Uh, I think they, you know, they prove this, uh, this very big difference. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also there is um, the black rooster that marks every single bottle of Chianti Classico that make uh, also another difference. So that way you know when you're buying it, 
It's yeah. Chianti Classico. If you see that black rooster on the bottle. Somewhere. Yeah, look for the black rooster to have the real Chianti Classico and uh, the historical and the original Chianti Classico. And when you're driving around Chianti Classico, you're constantly reminded because you see signs and giant black rooster <laughs> statues, and they're absolutely fabulous. You always know when you're in Chianti Classico. One of the things the Consorcio is doing right now is the idea of labeling some of the Chianti Classico wines by their subzones, so the so the the consumer knows what region in Chianti Classico their wine came from. Yeah, it's, um, there are many reasons why we are working at that project. First of all, uh, we we believe we strongly believe that more and more quality means territory. You know. So um, all the rest, you know, of the of the components of the wine. So the wine making, the vine growing, the enologies, the winemakers, the varieties. That is something that you can find, you know, everywhere in the world. You can move from a territory, from a place to another one. The only thing that you cannot move, and that the, that really marks the wine, is the territory, hmm? and that makes the difference. So we, our goal is to, to transfer the, the, the characters, the flavors, uh, the aromas, uh, the parfum of the territory into the bottle and uh, to make something very original with a stronger and stronger personality and something can, that cannot be replicated in another part of the world. So that is the goal for all the good, I think, uh, winemakers. Some people might say that the idea of these different zones within Chianti Classico, the borders were drawn more for political reasons than geologic reasons. No, I don't. I don't think so. And um, you know, uh, the, the Chianti Classico territory is never homogeneous. Every village make makes a different wine, and that is the beauty of this territory, and the combined with the beauty of the Sangiovese variety. Sangiovese variety. I like to say it is like a photo paper that remain impressed by the differences, by the characters of the specific territory where it's grown. So a, a Sangiovese-based wine, so a Chianti Classico wine made in uh, San Casciano or in Radda or in Gaiole or in uh, Castelnuovo Ardenga, they are different each other. And that, that is the beauty. There is much more variety. You know? And uh, some of them are lighter, some other are much stronger, more powerful. And uh, the nose can be more floral or more fruity, right. uh, darker fruit or uh, red fruit. It depends on the taste of the, of the consumers, but can give to the market a, a, a wider range of products. And, uh, and more and more the consumers, the, the, the wine lovers, the, the, the wine connoisseurs, they want to know more and more mm, about the specific territory of origin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a winemaker and um, I travel all around the world and uh, pouring my wines at the wine tasting, you know, they walk around tasting. And um, every time I participate to one of those uh, tastings, I find more and more people that are asking me, tell me about your territory. What kind of altitude? What kind of microclimate do you have? What kind of soil? And less and less people that are asking me, how many months of barrels? Yeah, right. Well, that's <laughs> so, good. Yeah, it's more about what's out there than inside the yeah. barrel room. That's yeah. that's important. And, and and I think that it is a positive trend in the in the in the market in the consumer. Undoubtedly, you know, they want to know. They they need to know 
something more specific about the relationship between the wine and the territory of origin. And so we try to, 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 to satisfy this, uh, this need, this demand. And uh, the idea is to, to put on the label, starting from the top category, so the Gran Selezione, the name of the village of, uh, you know, the, where are the grapes that, uh, that made that wine are coming from. So that's enough about Chianti Classico. <laughs> Let's talk about Fantoni. Okay. Now, we're going to be talking to people in the next couple episodes who have had wine in their families and winemaking in their families for hundreds of years, 600 years, 26 generations. That's not your family. Your family is new to wine when it comes <laughs> to, to Chianti. Yeah. Tell, tell me about how your family got involved in the wine world. Yeah, the relationship between my family and the, the Chianti Classico territory is very old because uh, we've always been in, the, in this territory uh, making an, a, a different activity, not uh, making wine, but making uh, terracotta, uh, tiles, so tiles, and amphoras since uh, the 17th century. But my father was very passionate about wine. So his dream was to buy a vineyard, to starting to make wine, uh, to share with friends, uh, just uh, to have a hobby. And that is what he did in 1968. And uh, he acquired Funtodi that was, uh, you know, almost abandoned with uh, a bright past, a bright tradition. Uh, the former owner was one of the first people bottling his wine in, uh, in, at, the end of at the end of 19th century, exporting all over the world with a lot of uh, success. But then with the two world wars, everything uh, you know, was ruined and abandoned. And uh, so in the 60s, when my father acquired, uh, he had to, to work a lot to restore the buildings, the cellars, to replant the vineyards. That is what he did. And uh, a few years after, 1979, uh, he decided uh, to, to move the family from Florence. We, we went to live here in Panzano, in, in Fontodi. And uh, I was a teenager at the time. It was a shock, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, moving but, from the city to the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so fun, <laughs> but um, I started. I started to be involved, and uh, little by little became my my activity. And I started. I took the full responsibility when I was, uh, you know, twenty something, and, uh, and that is all my life. So I'm completely dedicated to to this to Fontodi. So you, you, it was sort of foisted upon you. Had you, had you not wanted to be in the wine world, would that have been okay? Could you have gone and done something else? Or did this really was your passion and this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, my, my father was able to, to transfer his passion to, to me. And uh, at the time, also my brother was, uh, was working with me at the, at the winery. And uh, it's, not, it's not easy to, no. to do that. Now I have children and <laughs> I'm trying to do that. And, um, but it's, it's, I, I think it's the, one of the most beautiful, uh, you know, uh, work activity in, in the world, you know, making wine, working in, uh, in the vineyards, in contact with nature. In the same time, uh, we have the possibility to travel all around the world and, uh, and you know, seeing a lot of people. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very nice uh, combination, you know. Let's talk about the vineyards. Where are they? What are they like? Yeah, the, the vineyards are um, 90 hectares large and uh, they are located uh, in the valley that opens up south of Panzano village. Uh, Panzano is located right in the heart of the Chianti Classico zone. 
in the south of the village. There is an, a nice amph- natural amphitheater uh, with a full southern exposure, uh, high elevation, 450 meters. So a perfect place for, for viticulture. There's a name, what's the name? The name is Concadoro, the golden shell, the golden bowl, and a golden because of the quality, you know, uh, of the of the place. It has for, a shape like a yeah, shell. Yeah, for, for the wine production, and recognized as, uh, you know, as a crew since, uh, since centuries and centuries. Uh, and this place is, is really magic and unique, you know. You're organic, you're practicing some biodynamics. Yeah. Tell me about that and why it's important to the wines you're making. Yeah, I know. F- first of all, Panzano, where, where Fontot is located, uh, it was uh, the first biodistrict, viticulture biodistrict in, uh, in Italy. And uh, so since, uh, you know, more than 20 years ago, all the producers, they, they, they started to work together to let become the territory organic. Now we reach 95%. We we still have a black sheep that doesn't want to <laughs> to, conver- <laughs> you get, to, no, com- you, to convert. You'll break. <laughs> Every, <laughs> but um, you know the, the the largest majority of the territory is organic. So and that is uh, very good and avoid you know all the problems of contamination on the borders. You know because uh, mm-hmm. if your neighbors are all organic, right. it's even it's even even you. better, even better. And uh, so the, I started to, to do organic agriculture back in 1990. And then year by year, it was like a work in progress. So 10 years after, I decided to reintroduce cows. I have, now I have 55 cows, 56 because one well, was born. Was born. <laughs> was born today. And uh, so I, uh, I started in 2000 to, to apply the main principles of biodynamic that are, you know, the holistic approach, the consi- closed loop system. Yeah, the self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency, yeah. that is the, 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 the cover the, crop. The very main the one. Cows yeah. and the cows in turn fertilize the ground and it just works in harmony. Yeah, and this is, uh, I haven't invented anything. You know? I just refreshed, renewed a Tuscan tradition. Because before, uh, you know, the 50s, all the agriculture in Tuscany, but even in Italy, was like that. And uh, so I'm just, you know. Since you've implemented the practices of organics and biodynamics, obviously you've seen change in the vineyards and in the wines. Tell me about those. What have you seen change? Um, you know, if we, if we go back, you know, to, to the importance, to the... Um, role of the territory in making a, a high quality wine you know if we want to to transfer the territory into the bottle first of all we have to respect nature that is uh, necessary you know so um, the stopping using uh, to use uh, you know chemical products is uh, is an issue you know it's, uh, it's something very necessary or useful uh, to to have you know more expression of the territory so more authenticity of, uh, of the territory, uh, the, the flavors from the territory into the wine. And uh, so they are connected, you know. So, um, so that is the first goal that we reach, being uh, organic or sustainable. And um, the second one, uh, the, the vines are much healthier. So they are much more capable to resist uh, to extreme weather conditions. 
And that is a problem, you know, that is uh, what we are um, seeing. And uh, the, the global warming, you know, the, the climate change uh, is real. The climatic conditions are changing. Rain, for instance, regarding rain, we have a very long period of with no rain at all. And, uh, and then when rain comes, uh, it's heavier and heavier. The ground can't accept it all. Yeah. Or um, drought and heat, the same. You know, we have uh, everything is much more extreme. Hmm? So to face that problem, I think that converting in organic and biodynamic is, can really work. Can really work because the vines are much healthier, much more capable to resist to those uh, you know, extreme sure. conditions. And also against the attack of uh, enemies like uh, you know, fungus or insects, if the vines are much more resistant and stronger, you have less and less problem. And uh, so that is another big result. And then, uh, you know, we can make a much better one. It's a win-win situation, you know, where <laughs> there, are, there are advantages for everybody. Sure. For, There's uh, really no loser, right? Yeah, for the consumers, because we can give them uh, a higher quality product and uh, cleaner <laughs> and healthier product for the territory. So therefore, the avoiding, uh, you know. Sure, the people who live here. The people who live here, they are, they are happier and happier. For people that works in the they work in the vineyard, so our team, so safer, safer, and the relationship between the, the the team and and the head of the property and the property is much much better if you convert in organic. So yeah. they 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 feel better when they go into the vineyard to work. Sure. And uh, so advantages for everybody and no disadvantages. So <laughs> it is a very positive trend. And uh, believe me, even uh, in the Chianti Classico territory, everybody, everyone, all the producers are committed in, the, in being organic or in reducing as much as possible sure. the use of chemicals. So sustainability is, uh, you know, in everybody. And uh, so that is something very, very good for the future. Now in the cellar, you do a little bit of di little different things here and there using uh, spontaneous uh, yeast rather than commercial yeast, particularly because of your family's history. Tell me about the amphora. No, be, be, because we are organic and biodynamic in the vineyard, we, we try to have the same approach in the cellar. So to have a minimal, you know, uh, interfering into the, the natural process. So when, uh, when people are asking me, are you the winemaker? No, I'm not the winemaker. I'm the natural assistant. <laughs> that, 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 that is my answer. And uh, so we try to be very respectful of nature. So we don't use any commercial yeast and no enzyme, no additives, nothing. And, uh, but we, are, you know, uh, we try to select the fruit as much as possible. So only perfectly healthy and mm -hmm. ripe fruit, berries. Make uh, it in. I'm making the wine, <laughs> you know, are proceeding in the cellar. We use more and more amphoras that we make so in the other family the sister, yeah, in the sister it factory. It says Minetti right on the amphora. <laughs> yeah, it is um, a very nice, uh, you know, container for wine because it can breathe like mm -hmm. like a barrel, like a wooden barrel, but without giving any any right. flavor. Right. So to to it's neutral, and um, and people who started to make wine 
6,000, 8,000 years ago in the, you know, in the, in the Caucasus, in the Georgia. That's what they use. Or, they still use in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. They started making wine with amphoras. So that they represent the, the, the real origin of, uh, of winemaking. So it's very nice, very interesting to, to introduce amphoras in, uh, in our winemaking uh, processes and, uh, and they work well. Should we taste some wine? Yes, yes, okay. yes. We start with uh, the, the Fontodi Chianti Classico, that is uh, like uh, the business card of, uh, of Fontodi. And it is made with uh, 100% Sangiovese. This is what year? Uh, 2016. This is 2016. Yeah. It is um, quite young because I'm going to, to release in a, in a month. So it is a, still a baby, mm-hmm. but it's from a, a wonderful vintage, 2016, together with the 15. They are two of the best vintages uh, of the last 20 years in a row. Before we get into tasting the wine, I want to know something else. What would the flavor profile, if you were to say Chianti Classico from this region, from Panzano here, tastes like this, what would be that profile? What's the terroir? Yeah, the, the, the Chianti Classico from Panzano, um, usually quite rich and muscular, quite masculine, okay. <laughs> and um, darker color. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the nose, you can find uh, a darker fruit. So, so it's da- going to be a richer fruit. Da- dark cherries and uh, some violets together. Definitely violets. A little, a little bit of uh, floral, you know, the, the, blue, the little blue flowers, mm-hmm. violets in the nose. And uh, on the palate, uh, they, are, they are full, rich, they have a, a big structure and um, a, a quite high acidity. That is one of the villages where the city is, is very high. And because of the calcare, we, the percentage of calcare in the soil is very high because of the limestone. So even if the grapes are very ripe, the, with a, a good alcohol content, the acidity is in the same time quite high. So it can balance you know, the ripeness of the grapes. And, okay. uh, and giving a, a, a fresh finish to the wine. There's a, there's a definitely on the nose, there's that violet perfume, some fresh herbs and dark cherries. Yeah, that fruit really comes forward, huh? The, the, it's dark, it's rich. Yeah, and, and even at the finish, you know, the, 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 the tannins that, that are on, on your palate, they are still carrying fruit. You know? mm-hmm. um, and uh, even if it is very young, so there's a, still a little bit of astringency, mm-hmm. but it is due to the, to the youth. Um, and, uh, and it is also, it has also a very good aging potential. So this is a wine that can age uh, for 20, 30 years. Oh, no without a doubt. I mean, the fruit's rich enough. The acidity's high. The, the tannins are sharp. still young and grippy. I mean, this is, a fairly tannic Chianti Classico. This wine yeah. needs a little time. It's still a baby. It's got its baby <laughs> fat on it still, you know? And in two, three years, I think it's going to really round out and be special in two, three years. But I could see this wine going 20 years plus. Yeah, no for, problem. For, for a standard Chianti Classico, that's pretty special. Yeah. And also regarding the aging, the, the oak treatment of this wine, I, uh, I let it have uh, 24 months of uh, aging in... Uh, Small barrels and larger casks, half and half, mm-hmm. because that is why that is what it needs, it requires, you know, 
And after one year of aging, uh, this wine of oak aging, this wine is, um, is, is, is too young, so it's, uh, it has no balance. No. So requires uh, an aging time uh, that is uh, similar to a reserve wine. You know? uh, and that is typical of uh, uh, this um, sub-region of Chianti Classico. What's next? Next is uh, uh, my Gran Selezione, the Chianti Classico Gran Selezione, the new category of uh, the appellation introduced uh, uh, in 2014 that represents the very top of the Appellation Pyramid. Right. The Fontò di Gran Selezione, uh, the name is Pigna del Sorbo. Let's, let's tell me about what the Appellation Pyramid is. The, the Pyramid is composed by three levels. In the bottom, that is the Chianti Classico Annata, the, the first wine you tasted. And then in the middle, there is the Reserva, mm-hmm. Chianti Classico Reserva, that I don't produce. <laughs> and uh, on the top, there is Gran Selezione. Gran Selezione wine is, uh, it should be um, estate grown in the state bottle, so must Required. Come. Yeah, required. So you cannot buy grape to make right. this. And the grapes must come from your best vineyard or from the best selection of your grapes. So the quality of this wine should be very, very high. And, um, and you, before bottling, you submit the sample to a panel composed by top enologists of the territory and they taste blind and they can and they say yes you can bottle or not so they certify that Whether or not this wine is good enough to be a Gran Selezione. The idea of Gran Selezione is, is fairly new and a little controversial. Why is it controversial? What's, what, what do people have to say about either side of the... Every, every time there is uh, an introduction of uh, something new, yeah, of an innovation... <laughs> people want to stay, wait, we've yeah, been doing yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. The farmers are usually are conservative, you know? But, um, uh, you know, uh, four or five years after the introduction, at uh, this time, uh, the Chianti Classico Grand Selection represents uh, more than you know, five, six percent of the total production. Mm. And uh, there are almost 100 labels. So 100 different Grand Selezione wines already in the market. Almost everybody, they join the, the, the project. And uh, more and more people are coming, are convincing that uh, it is a good project. So it's less and less controversial. Good, good. Let's <laughs> I'm very happy about that. It is made with 100% Sangiovese as well, like, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, the former wine. But the grapes comes from, a, um, you know, one of my best vineyards. That is, older uh, vines. Older vines. Yeah, the main difference is the age of the vines. So the vines here in Vigna del Sorbo, they are, you know, 50 plus years old. Uh, 52, 56, 55, 56 years old. And, um, you know, old vines, because of uh, their deeper roots, longer roots, they explorate, that explorate more soil, more minerals. They have, uh, you know, much more complexity, much uh, more length. Uh, the aftertaste is, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and this is no, the 2015? 2015. Okay. So, the color is a little prettier. It's a little, little more delicate yeah, than, the, yeah. than the Chianti Classico. Yeah, a little bit more mature. Yeah, as the older vines will give. Oh, that's pretty. I could just keep my nose in the glass all day. It makes me very happy. It's very complex. Again, that violet is showing. 
Yeah, some could... richer fruit. It's a little less spicy on the nose. And on the palate, it's much round, much rounder, you know, with um, finer tannins, more balance. And... There's a richness to this wine. Yeah. It's, um, gosh, if you, told me, if you told me that this is, if you told me that there was some Merlot blended with this, it wouldn't no. surprise me. 100%. Because <laughs> it's got a little bit of that weight, that Merlot, that, that lushness that Merlot brings to the party, that, um, yeah, that suppleness. And it doesn't, it, it's that harsh edge of Sangiovese is not present in this at all. Yeah, flavors of dark cherry, milk chocolate, a little bit of uh, like baking spice from that oak, but not not dominant at all, just sort of highlighting everything at all. And just a rich, wonderful mouthfeel, good Thank weight. And, and the finish is, is still fresh, you know, because of uh, the acidity that cleans the palate at the end of, of, of the right taste. The, you know? the tannins are fine, but they're present. Yeah, here's another wine that you could drink this very happily right now, but you'd be paid off for some patience with it. Yeah, I know this is wine kit. Buy a couple cases. You <laughs> can age for a very, very long time. The first vintage bottle of this wine was 1985. And it's still a, a, a But it was, there was no Grand Salcione in 1980. There was no, no Grand Salcione. Just, just a reserva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so this, this was your reserva? Yes, it was a reserva before the introduction of Grand Salcione. And then I moved to, to Grand Salcione because it, it deserves to be a Grand Salcione, in, in, in my opinion. Right. We have one more wine to taste. What is this? Yeah, one more wine that is, um, you know, one of the original Super Tuscans. And uh, even if it is made with 100% Sangiovese. But when I started to make this wine, it was 1981. And uh, at that time, the Appellation Rules, the Chianti Classico Appellation Rules, they, they were not allowing the use of 100% Sangiovese. And, uh, and they were requiring uh, 15% of white grapes in the blend. And what year was this? 81. Okay. When I started so, to make it. Right, right. No, 81. So to make this wine, I had to go get out the appellation and making this wine as a simple table wine. Sure. Well, and before then, IGT. And then before IGT. And uh, it was uh, belonging to the very small group of uh, Super Tuscans that were... Uh, that was a, 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 something born in the Chianti Classico region against, you know, the, the, the crazy rules at that time. And um, so it was a, a revolutionary product, uh, um, uh, creating a sort of paradox. And uh, that some of the best wines were in the bottom, you know, of the, of the categories and uh, creating the paradox to find the best quality mm. with, <laughs> outside the appellation. Right, right. You know, it's, it's called the Tuscan paradox. <laughs> so now I think that we have to work with the consortium. Now I'm uh, the, the head of the consortium. Mm. So I have uh, the responsibility and um, to, to work, to create conditions to, to host again those wines based on Sangiovese back into the appellation. And uh, that is a dream for me. And I hope that the dream will, uh, will come true as soon as possible. So what is this wine? This is uh, a super selection of uh, the best Sangiovese grapes 
from uh, some of my best vineyards located on the top of the hill, so in the highest location, where the soil is even drier, uh, more rocky, and the berries uh, are much smaller. So vinifying separately those, those grapes, the, those berries, we can make uh, you know, a very, very high quality wine. And, uh, and it is a wine that has been always very successful and uh, you know, taste it. <laughs> this is the Flaccianello. Flaccianello, yes, Flaccianello. Same vintage of the former one, 2015. Again, a more delicate color, pretty. And this wine could be a Gran Selezione. So sure, one day, so. I hope that, you know, to, to, to label it uh, Gran Selezione. There's a minerality to this wine that's pretty pronounced. Yeah. You know, the sm smaller berries, they have a different relationship between skin and pulp, you know, solid mm -hmm. and liquid. So creating very rich wine, you know, a richer wine with bigger, bigger structure. The, the, the fruit isn't the predominant aroma in here. This is more about the earth. What mm. challenge changes on the palate though. The fruit is lush. It's pretty. It's, it's not voluptuous, but it's it's more than elegant. It's pretty. It's full, but not big. Thank you. And uh, when when I taste this wine, I'm uh, I look for a stack. Where is the stack? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You want meat with this? Sure. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the you know the. the the best combination for this one is always, uh, you know, a, a T-bone stack, a juicy T-bone stack. Yep, juicy. You know, the, yeah. this wine's balanced out by nice bright acidity. Can again firm grippy tannins that are pretty common for 2015. Um, but man, complex, juicy, delicious. People should be drinking more Chianti Classico, particularly Flaccianello. <laughs> really delicious wine, Giovanni Minetti. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure Thank you. visiting Thank you, you here Thank at Fatodi, talking about Chianti Classico with you. And I really look forward to the rest of my visit here uh, in Chianti Classico. And for my listeners, I hope you continue to listen to the rest of this very special series to learn what this extraordinary wine region is about and the value that it offers. And I, 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 look, I look forward, I hope that your, your listeners uh, will become more and more familiar with the Chianti Classico. And uh, I hope that they will have the the chance to visit the territory because if they if they come in the Chianti Classico territory, they, they, will, they will fall in love. Absolutely. I'm sure. Thanks again. Viva Chianti Classico. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Poor with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Poor with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Poor. This has been The Honest Poor with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod.